Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here. It's Friday. It's March 31st. So you know what that means. It's WrestleMania weekend. As you all saw last week, well, maybe some of you didn't see last week, we covered Shane Helms' WrestleMania moments. That was a really fun show. You all really liked that one. Uh, we got a lot of good feedback on that over at Fightful.com. Uh, this show we're leaving open for WrestleMania week. We understand there's going to be some of you who have been at Fightful.com who haven't been here before. We're letting you check out these Matt Riddle and Shane Helms shows uh, without registering. But if you want early access to them in the future, register for free at Fightful.com. There's a lot of cool stuff that we, me and Shane have talked about including uh, the, the most recent set of Impact tapings. We've talked backstage fights. We've talked Royal Rumble experiences. Uh, we've talked uh, the final or the end of WCW. We've talked all kinds of stuff. So go check that out on our podcast page. But Shane, you are, by the time this airs, you are in Orlando. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, and I want to say, first off, I'm glad that you survived a uh, heartbreaking loss this week. Fuck. Um, you know, I, I thought about maybe not even mentioning it, but how could I not mention the fact that some Carolina boys whooped Kentucky's ass, made it look easy, blew them out of the water. Is referee uh, John Higgins from Carolina? How does everybody always blame the, the refs? I, I am so tired well, of people blaming the refs. Every well, time. Let's, let's, has anybody let's take ever a look won, at the history here. Has anybody let's ever won and said it's the refs' fault? Let's take a look at the history here. John Higgins was in charge of the, the massive error in the Wisconsin loss two years ago. A big error in the UConn loss in 2011. And uh, there is literally a highlight reel longer than the one that was made for Matt Riddle of all of his errors in set, uh, Sunday's game. Uh, either way, I, I, I don't th- the thing about that game, Shane, is it could have been a 10-point North Carolina win or a 10-point Kentucky win had that game not – you know, they, they blowing whistles the whole first half. It was a terribly called first half. Second half, it was smooth sailing. It was pretty good stuff, but I really would have liked to have seen that. Instead of Stillman White versus Isaac Humphreys, 
I would have really liked to have so you're seen saying, uh, some you're stars. saying this referee is the Steve Mazzagatti of the NCAA? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's out hot tubbing with Frank Mir somewhere. That uh, that finish was great, though, man. Like, uh, I know you saw yeah. the clip. Clip's been running around uh, social media of the uh, some bar or some area where the second Kentucky wins, people are going crazy. There's this girl shaking her boyfriend like this. Yeah. She's going maniacal. And then two seconds later, the whole world crumbles. But I, I put it up not even making fun of Kentucky. I put it up because I was like, we've all been there. You've Yep. You know, if you watch sports for any kind of length of time in your life, there's been a point where your team was winning and you know they're taking it home, <laughs> you're going bananas, and then the, the rug gets swept out from underneath you and all hell breaks loose. And an unbelievable shot that was. Oh, my God. That was that was one of the great endings uh, in recent NCAA memory. I mean, that was it was just – it was an incredible game. Well, I'll say that second half was an incredible game uh, that was – I hey, I had a lot of fun. I was entertained, and ultimately, that's that's why we watch the game is to have fun. And I had a lot of fun watching that game, regardless. Uh, Deer and Fox is going to be great in the NBA. I can't wait to see him. <sighs> you got me all depressed, Shane. No, nah, man, it's okay. They were there. You know, nobody. I still, I guess, I still got I guess, the Kentucky kicks ass shirt on, though. There's a uh, oh, check me out. Crows before hoes. For my game, oh, nice. for my game of Thrones peeps there. Um, there's a lot of bright. I mean, I I think if you pick this Final Four, you know, I think the only people that pick this Final Four are just people that didn't know what the hell they're doing. And he, some people from North Carolina or South Carolina that were like, and he, nobody with no uh, expertise picked these these this particular Final Four here. So yeah, it's like it's like some person from Salem that's like, hey, Carolina's in the name of both of these teams. Let me pick them. I mean, I mean, that's exactly how I pick. You know, I don't follow. I follow the ACC, and I follow the top teams that you hear about on SportsCenter. You know, so when yeah. it comes to filling out a bracket, you know, 60%, 70% of those teams, I don't know any damn thing about them. I'm just kind of looking at the record, or I might get a little gut feeling, which is 100% wrong uh, when it comes to, <laughs> to basketball brackets because I've never picked a good one. But um, And I think, it was, I think it was fifth grade. It was the 1996 NCAA tournament. I won the bracket challenge in our classroom, and here's why. I picked Kentucky to go all the way and win, which they did, but I picked Syracuse. And the only reason I picked Syracuse is because I was a wrestling fan, and all over WWE TV was Shawn Michaels got jumped by Marines <coughs> or somebody, by thugs in Syracuse. And I was like, <laughs> those must be bad dudes. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you then? Like six or seven? I was like, it was like 10 maybe. I was oh, like, really? oh, no. I picked a couple of the uh, ACC conference brackets, like just, you know, but then like at one time we only had eight teams. So, you know, we had a pretty good chance of doing that. wasn't very difficult. But as far as the NCAA, the uh, the 64 teams, I've never even come remotely close to anything. Well, we're going to get into some questions here soon. We'll uh, talk. I want to talk a little bit about some of the WWE Hall of Famers that are going to be inducted. Uh, lots of stuff you have going on this weekend. What, what's your schedule looking like? Uh, as as we film this, it's a uh, Wednesday, uh, so tomorrow I fly out. Uh, I got on Thursday, so I got an appearance Thursday night. Uh, I'll be signing autographs Friday, Saturday. Uh, I got a, a show Saturday night to be at, um, and there's a couple other appearances mingled uh, between here and there, and then the big uh, WrestleMania breakfast brunch on Sunday morning. Um, 
So, yeah, it's going to be a jam-packed weekend. Uh, Karen's going down with me, the H2H Empress. And uh, so we're going to have a good time. The WrestleMania brunch, are you cooking? No, man, it's a buffet, though. The fans get to come there. There'll be some guys, you know, there's a, you know, some lot of top stars in wrestling to be there. You know, and you sit at a table and you kind of have a, a, you know, a meal. And then there's a podium and people get up and tell stories, you know, what? Uh, Generally, last year was kind of centered around WrestleMania, your memories, your moments. And for those of us that have been on the show, or if you haven't been on the show, just what was your favorite moment as a fan? And I always tell both, you know, because like we say, I said on here a bunch, you know, I've never forgot what it's like to be a fan. So some of those memories are just as cool to me as what things I've actually did. So that's, that's so awesome. Like all of the, the revenue gaining opportunities for both active wrestlers, former wrestlers, uh, former managers, former personalities around WrestleMania. I think that's so cool. It's something you know, like, I mean, I'm sure some people imagined it like 20 years ago, but it's hard to imagine that this type of thing would be the case 20 years ago. Like when WrestleMania was coming from Chicago and Sid was allegedly shitting his pants in the ring, that <laughs> 20 years later, you'd be having WrestleMania brunches. That's pretty fucking awesome. I think he actually shits the bed in the ring, not necessarily his pants. <laughs> oh, well played. Uh, so let's get into some questions. Somebody, let's see, uh, I'll try to name these people off. Issa Doomsday asked what your favorite guilty pleasure is, Shane. Guilty pleasure, but see, man, I don't really have guilty pleasures because I just like what I like, and I don't care if people yeah. don't like it or not, you know. Uh, so uh, that, that's always been a weird question for me, you know. People that know me, and I've talked about different things, you know. When I was a kid, you know, comics were just for nerds, but I never gave a shit. You know, uh, wrestling was just the redneck sport, you know, but I never gave a shit. I like what I like, and uh, I really don't care, you know, if people disagree with it or not. It's never been a thing Ooh. of mine. If Mandrews was still with TNA or Impact, who would win in a backstage race? Dutch Mantel on a scooter or Mandrews on a skateboard? I'm, I'm, I'm going to give the edge to Mandrews right now, but you never know what kind of engine that Dirty Dutch has under the hood of that chair. You know, uh, it might be souped up or something, so I don't know. But also, we're going to go with Mandrews a, for the time being. Dutch is a dirty cheater, too. He is dirty. It's, it's almost like it's in his name. Yeah. And then the follow-up. Who's the better skateboarder, Mandrews or Johnny Ace? I don't think Johnny – it was either Johnny or did, – did either one of Johnny or Shane Douglas ever actually ride the skateboard? Or he, did could just carry the, he could carry the hell out of a skateboard. Because I think that was the story. I think the story was either one or both of them couldn't actually ride a skateboard. And so uh, I know a couple times on TV we called him the dynamic Mandrews. I would try to slide that in there anytime we could. <laughs> Who is your favorite Green Lantern and why? My favorite Green Lantern. See, it would depend on the writer, you know, because the, these aren't real characters. So if Ron Mars was writing it, I was generally okay. Jeff Johns writing, I was okay. So I like them all. Have you seen the new Power Rangers movie and how do you feel about the revival of it? Haven't seen it, and I wasn't a Power Rangers guy. I never, uh, never got into the Power Rangers. At, at, that was like, a little. You were, you were probably a teenage, like maybe mid to late teens when that happened. So that was a little bit after, or a little bit. Yeah, that wasn't you. in my window. That wasn't in my window. You know what else wasn't in my window? I just started watching because I was on Netflix, and I decided to click on it. 
was a Star Trek Voyager. Because it, it came out in like 2000, 2001. And so I was all, already on the road pretty good and uh, wasn't home to watch stuff like that. And so I, I was checking it out on Netflix. That's not bad at all. I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure or not, but it's, it's pretty good. I watched the Power Rangers as a kid. I, don't, I haven't watched the movie. I played the game. Me and my wife played the game, which was the direct ripoff of Super Nintendo Turtles in Time. It was a lot, a lot of fun to play. Um, it's a little bit unusual for a Power Rangers movie, but I'll probably I watch saw it. Kong. When I saw Kong recently, though. Have you seen that? How was that? No. That is great. It's great. Was it? And, uh, yeah, and I thought it was going to be just another King Kong movie. You know, it's like, how different can these movies be? But, man, they did some really good stuff with it. And going off of that, like, I don't know if you saw, but let me let me join get, join you in on this poll. On another podcast I do called Keeping It 100, we had a little debate with my boy KG, who is under the assumption that Godzilla is not an animal. What is he? He goes, I said, what do you mean he's not an animal? He goes, I would say he's more of a monster. And I'm like, yeah, but he's still an animal. And he just disagreed. Yeah, I don't know. So I just want to... I can see by your face that you think that's about as dumb as, as, as I thought it was. So I don't like, damn, there's a lot of animals, this regular animals that if you were to say, Hey, is that animal a monster? I'd go, hell yeah, it's a monster, but it's also an animal. Yeah. It could be a monstrous animal, but it's, I mean, on a, on earth, I, I think, and uh, somebody out there in science land could correct me, but aside from like simple organisms like amoeba or some shit like that like if you're a complex organism it's generally plant life or animal life if i'm not mistaken like i don't know if there's other kinds of esoteric life out there but it's generally you're an animal or a plant and i'm pretty sure that godzilla's not a plant but i could be wrong somebody asked what your favorite finisher of all time is my favorite finisher of all time. Man, I got vertebra- several. Vertebra- several. Breaker doesn't count. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, the Vertebreaker, uh, Nightmare on Helm Street, obviously, the stuff that I like to use. I like to do the choke slam because it's the easiest on my body. It doesn't involve me taking a bump. Um, the stunners up there, you know, the uh, the diamond cutter, the RKO, whatever you want to call it, that one's up there. Macho Man's elbow, but only with Macho doing it because he did it better than anybody else. And, like, nobody else even comes close to doing it as good as he did. Uh, the Japanese girl, shit, what's her name? Um, God, I can't remember her name. Oh, the girl that just throws her feet up in the air and just bomb, yeah. bombs eyes your ass? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's I like that one. Uh, as a kid, too, me and my cousin, man, when we used to bully other kids in the neighborhood, we would always put them in demolitions finish. Put one in because oh, it's kind of easy to do. You know, you just grab a kid, put him over your knee, and then here comes the big elbow. So I was always pretty fond of demolitions uh, finish, too. That's, that's probably my top three or four. You got to throw the figure four any? in there, too. You yeah. got to throw the figure four. Are there any that you just hated? You were like, that's a shit finish. I think the it, Styles Clash is a shit finish. <laughs> really? It doesn't look like it does anything. I don't know I what know. it's even supposed to do. Here's the thing when it's I was cool. a kid. Yeah, it's I mean, cool and I know I'm not hating on AJ, so people don't jump on me. AJ's my buddy, and you know, I always you know, got along with AJ, he's my friend, but I don't get that finish. You just you're barely going down right to your belly, it doesn't look like it does shit. So, I don't, yeah, it I don't looks really like it know. attacks the knee. Yeah, 
if anything. And then people are knocked out by it. I don't. Um, but it got over. So there, there's always that. You know, I, I know probably uh, I'm overthinking that the same way people overthink the people's elbow. You know, it's not like an elbow smash is going to do that much damage unless it's done by the rock. Um, yeah. Apparently. Too many that, that I hated, though. I can take. I can tell you some I hated taking. If you want to, talk, you want to talk about sure. You know, you know, I hated taking like. Uh, actually, I guess I didn't. Hey, ain't that too many? Hmm. I'll tell you one that I didn't like for some I reason. I hate taking back drops. Let me just say that it's not a finish. Back but body drops. Back yeah, they hurt like hell. Oh my god! They. It seems like the the juice isn't worth the squeeze on a back body drop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Like you're going all the way up there, and it's never going to finish anybody unless something horrible goes wrong. I tell you what, when it, uh, I used to take the pedigree so good that Triple H one time came and told me, he goes, "Man, I love giving you my finish." <laughs> really? Yeah. I was going, "Why?" He goes, "Cause I can hook my hands and I never have to let ah. go because I was real flexible, and so he could always, yeah. you know, ride it all the way down." So I was just like. Uh, glad I could glad I could help out, buddy. Because <laughs> there were some times when he would try to do it to Big Show, and it'd be like the saddest ass. And this is the biggest Big yeah. Show, and it's like barely lifting the arms up, and he's got a yeah. Triple H has one... to bend his body all the way back to make it look like it does anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I took. I think I actually kind of had a knack for take, taking people's finish pretty well, which is probably why I ended up taking a lot of finishes pretty well. I know uh, we would watch during the day, they would play the Titan Tron videos, like uh, just not rehearsing the screen, but testing the screen. So it'd just be everybody's different Titan Tron video playing, playing, playing. And you see yeah. my green ass on there taking every, <laughs> like almost every video that somebody had, you would see a, my green ass in there taking a the finish. <laughs> I'd say that visually, a, a weird one for me, AMW's finish was, it always looked like Chris Harris was dry humping the dude, waiting for his tag team partner to leg drop him off the top rope. I was like, okay. But I otherwise, remember, I don't remember that one. He would like bear hug the dude and drop him a little bit to where the guy was like, had his legs wrapped around his waist. And then I think James Storm would come off the top of the leg drop. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I recall that. I think uh, but that was the old Midnight Express deal too, right? Yeah, yeah. The so old Midnight Express choice, You had a choice there between AMW and the Midnight Express. And I don't want to shit on the Midnight Express. Chose AMW. I don't want to shit on the Midnight shit. Express. I want to shit on the guy who got a WWE contract and showed up at 280 pounds. That's what I want to do. There you go. Oh, man. Anybody you're – oh, yeah, that was that was one of the questions. Anybody you're dreading seeing WrestleMania weekend? Dreading? No, no, no not that I can think of. Um, no, oh, it's, no be, it's Shannon. I'm going to see Shannon. Shannon's going to be at the show I'm at on Saturday, so uh, I'm going to see him. Um, you know, not only is it WrestleMania and WrestleCon down there, it's, it's in Florida, so there's also – you know, a thousand other wrestlers that just happen to live in the area. So uh, I'm pretty excited, man. This is always the hot time of the year. Why Why is it Florida? Is it weather? Is it tax purposes? Is it convenience of booking? Like why, why do so many people, so many wrestlers move to Florida? 
a lot of it was taxes back in the day. I didn't know that. But now with the uh, trainings, with the uh, NXT and the Performance Center, a lot of uh, indie talents want to be down there, TNA films down there, and uh, you got a better chance of doing some local work or, you know, what they call local work if they don't have to fly you in um, and you just happen to be down there. So uh, it's kind of a little mech, and it's Florida, man. I mean, a lot of people like warm weather as opposed to that cold bullshit, you know, that uh, in other parts of the country. I got to say, though, and I, you're kind of geographically somewhat near me. I, I had, me and my wife, we had thought about, like, moving to California, moving to Florida. Cost of living here in Kentucky is cheap. And one of the reasons was because the winters were really bad and unpredictable. Not the last two years. It snowed, like, three or four times in the last two years here. Are you yeah. all getting that, that warmer weather pattern out there? Yeah, we'll get all four seasons in one week here. It'll be yeah. 70 on Monday, and it'll be snowing on Wednesday. And we had that just uh, like a couple of weeks ago, where it literally was, as I just said, 70-plus degrees on Monday and Wednesday, there's damn snow on the ground. And, I mean, it didn't stick, remember, but it was snowing and pretty thick there for a second, but crazy. I remember last year we went to the Arnold Sports Festival where NXT was doing their, their like, three two or three shows. And when we left, there was a foot of snow on the ground. And when we got back – all the snow was melted and gone, and it was 65 degrees on Sunday evening. It was nuts. It was nuts. Well, it was more like eight or nine inches, but lots of snow. Just remember, ground. climate change is a hoax perpetuated by the Chinese government. Yeah. I'm not touching politics with a 10-foot pole on this show. Because we it's kind of died too, down. Yeah. It's kind of died down now because it was a big fervor for a while. You know, and I, I, love, oh, yeah. I, love, I love a good – spirited the debate and i and always I'll like say people this. always try to attack me and of course you're not going to out shit talk me it's just not going to happen and so like when well, it goes talk. south that's when i that's when i like tend to have fun but now it's just it's so one-sided now because i think everybody's like what have we got ourselves into it's hard to lose an argument when you use nothing but objective facts yeah and yeah. you don't and you don't generalize people because that's the thing people are always like Oh, those fucking conservatives, those fucking liberals. Well, that's it's not as simple as that. There are plenty that's of like, morons. That's, that, that's a lazy way of thinking. When you have to group people like that, you're doing that to be lazy because you're going to put yeah. them in this group and then you're going to assume that every person in that group thinks the exact same way, and that's not the case. So it's just lazy debate when people try to go in all those groups and stuff like that. You know, I don't like I that. wanted I don't to ask care. you, you – I wanted to ask you about this 2017 Hall of Fame class. All right, shoot, go ahead. I should be in it. So, some of your experiences with some of these people. Coco Beware got in. Why not? Coco Beware had a hell of a career before WWE, though. A stagger, Coco, I think, stagger league. Beware had a, a beautiful drop kick. He had a great punch, really underrated punch. And Coco got over, man. He got over. And he had one of the greatest squash matches against a jobber I've ever seen. Uh, I'll have to send it to you. I mean, it is – he beats the I'll shit. I'll beat the shit. Yeah, I heard, I, heard Coco whoop, I heard Coco whoop some ass if it comes down to it. Oh, yeah. So we got Eric Legrand. I, I know you don't know who that – I know you don't know him personally. Uh, he's the, the Rutgers University football player who was paralyzed in the 2017 uh, – game against army this is the warrior award what do you think about them them adding this a lot of people criticize wdb saying it's pr personally i'm thinking if you make a person happy in this situation who gives a fuck 
Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Who gives a shit if it's PR? It is PR. It's good. You're doing a good thing. You know, like uh, I would run into that because sometimes with WWE, they would they were worried about that, too. Like when we did something good and we did a charity and or whatever, a charity event or, you know, make a wish or whatever. It was like, how come none of this makes the news? I said, well, you got to be careful. You don't want to come off like come off like what? I want to encourage other people to do the same good shit that I'm doing. How am I going to do that if they don't know we're ever doing it? You know, and, and there might be, and of course, there's always going to be a condescending asshole that goes, oh, they're doing it just for PR. Like, who gives a shit? Just as you said, yeah. if this dude went through this really terrible life experience and now he's going to be on cloud nine, you know, and we're going to change his life at least for that moment and make him so happy, man, who gives a shit? Just people would nitpick anything. People love to complain. You saw that a lot with the Connor the Crusher thing, and I'm like, man, these people made that kid's life yeah. in his dying yeah. days, and yeah. there's not much more you could ask for. Yeah, spread I mean, some Triple good H news. Even, Triple H put the kid over in the middle of the ring. Yeah, yeah, that man That's with three just, H's. That ain't PR. Triple H probably had to be talked into that. He had to get a payday, I think. <laughs> Ravishing Rick Rude, did did you ever meet him? I know that he was kind of gone from WCW before you got there. Uh, no, I never met Rude. Never met any him. Mem- I, any memories of him as a kid? Did you? Did I know you were more of an NWA guy? But uh, he he did some work in, in WCW too. Uh, probably when you were first, like uh, a little bit before you were getting into the business, and just as you were getting in. Yeah, I remember him from WCW, uh, not WCW, WCCW World Class. He was the he was down there with uh, Paul Barrow was his manager down there. And, um, and then he came, when he came to the NWA, him and uh, Manny Fernandez had a pair of what is one of my favorite titles ever is those NWA, uh, I guess it was the uh, Bicentennial uh, World Tag Team titles, the ones that were, instead of being all gold, they were silver with a gold eagle, which is why I, uh, when I helped design the Omega Heavyweight title, I did it with that belt in mind. It's all platinum with the big, gold omega symbol and there's patterned after those belts and uh so yeah i was i was a big fan of uh of rude stuff uh you know when he was when he won the big gold or whatever when they called it it might have been the nwa the international, international title or some shit like that WCW yeah he has some international good, world title yeah yeah it was wcw saw yeah at that time yeah um and he he did a lot of good stuff, man. A lot of good matches. Hearing uh, Bruce Pritchard's podcast, about how he was pissed off at the Warrior for certain things, made me like him even more. You know, because I can definitely, I definitely sided with uh, Rude in hearing that story. And go to go to Bruce's podcast to hear that. But um, uh, it's good. It's good. You know, it's, he's a, he's a good selection. You know, he definitely uh, transcended. Uh, if you watch wrestling, then you know who Ravishing Rick Rude is. Speaking of nice title belts, I heard from a bird, a little birdie, the same guy who designed those Omega titles, designed the Hardy's new titles. Yeah. Yeah. Top group belts. Uh, Randy Jackson, not to be confused with Randy Jackson, is uh, him and a guy named Jesse Justice who does uh, some great work, man. Uh, You know, I've talked often about how they took my concepts uh, and just ran with them and made it even better than I thought they were going to do. Um, and so, yeah, I just got Matt to send me some close-up steals of, of their titles last night, and uh, they look great. Uh, they do some really good work, man. They do That's some the work. There's a couple them, you know, there's a couple other belt guys out there that are doing some good stuff. So when I see an indie company with a shitty title, why? 
Why do you have a shitty title? Get a yep. good title. Well, don't have one. There's your options. Avoid flying in Virgil one time and just pay for a nice belt. Exactly. I think you can do it. Beth Phoenix is in the WWE Hall of Fame. She was really a pillar of that, that women's divas division then because they weren't all like her for a while. She was you know, known as kind of the worker of that division for, for quite a long time. Any memories of, of Beth Phoenix? Uh, Beth was really good. You know, Beth really stood out even amongst the uh, women wrestling. Uh, amongst women wrestling, it make no sense. Um, <laughs> she stood out amongst the women wrestling. Uh, powerful, you know, very athletic. Um, you know, if there's a knock against uh, uh, girls, it's sometimes they come off a little dancey in their movements, a little light uh, in, in their footwork and stuff. Beth always looked powerful. She looked athletic, you know, um, good footwork, good ring timing and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, she's a, she's a she was one of the best. I, I wish she would have stuck around for a little bit longer. You know, she really had kind of a very short career. So, um, so it seemed. It might, it might have been even longer than, than I think. But uh, it, it doesn't seem that long. But what she did, she definitely made a good impact. Yeah, she was she was there for from pretty much 2007 to 2012. She had a little run in 06, but she got hurt. I would love to see her have a short run, like a little like comeback to her sort a deal of sorts today. Like these type like in this environment because that's somebody that you can put in there with any girl on the roster. And that that's a hell of a match. That that would be really cool. Also, her Royal Rumble appearance was one of my favorite Rumble moments where she yanks Kali out of the ring, and then she runs in and clotheslines CM Punk, and he makes her look like a million bucks. That was so cool. <laughs> yeah. DDP. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That son of a bitch is the biggest personal salesman. I know because I've shilled his products on my show a million times. Um, and I got to say, DDP Yoga, literally, it, it's the reason for a long time, like I was able to get in the ring and wrestle and I was able to do grappling tournaments and I was able to train and I was able to do this. Not just for what he did in the ring, but for what he's been able to do outside of the ring since his career, man, this man, this man is super deserving. I know that you you've worked with you worked with DDP uh, on Ready to Rumble as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I actually I first met Paige uh, when we went down to the power plant, um, and I mentioned this before. We got hired, and then they we had to be evaluated after we got hired. Uh, me and Shannon Moore, but <laughs> the exact opposite of how shit normally works. Um, so and uh, we we both stayed at Chris Canyon's house and uh, Paige went out of his way to come talk to us and uh, there was a you know about six or seven of us there and he came and talked to us and just gave us a really cool you know unsolicited pep talk about what to look you know what to be prepared for in WCW man and it was just I remember thinking like I can't even believe this is happening you know why is this guy doing that you know it was a very 
you know, just very cool thing to do. And uh, so, uh, you know, I got off, you know, on, on the right foot with Paige right away because I, I definitely always appreciated that. You know, and then we got to do some stuff and ready to rumble. And that's when I got to know him as a person. And uh, we rode together for a while in, uh, in WWE when he, uh, when he finally came up. So uh, ran out of gas in the middle of the Arizona desert because we weren't paying attention to the uh, – and, um, and so he, he banged his knee up in Yuma, Arizona, where we wrestled on a ball field. So, yes, WWE, I don't know if they still do that show anymore, but they do do outdoor shows sometimes and on shitty ball fields, and I don't know why, but uh, we did one. And then, so think of outdoor shows in general? Outdoor shows, I don't like them because really? you lose the energy. You lose the sound of the people because it goes up into the air. You know, uh, so you kind of lose a, a lot of that, you know, and that energy, excitement. Um, it's a big problem outside do. your house. Yes, yeah, yeah, something's going on. Um, it's a big part of what we do. So, uh, they're not all bad. It doesn't mean they're all bad. Just if I have a preference, I'd rather it be indoors. So anyway, well, the uh, drive from Yuma to Phoenix is, I don't know, a hundred or so miles or whatever, but it's nothing. I mean, it is a desert, just a highway. And it's, there's absolutely nothing. And, um, this is when the portable DVD players were, were the thing. And so at, at the nights, and this is a, you know, Paige put the DVD player up on the dashboard and Gladiator was playing. So he's watching it and I'm kind of glancing over, but, uh, you know, kind of listening to it. But I ain't looking at that damn gas gauge at all. And like I said, I hadn't been driving all weekend, so I didn't wasn't pay attention to what was in there. And at some point, Paige goes, hey, bro, got any gas? And I looked down there, I was like, oh, shit. I mean, it's, it's below the E. And I'm like, oh, my God. And, uh you know, and it was like a Cadillac or something. So you could hit the little button and it'll tell you how much, how many miles you got left. And we had like 12. <laughs> oh, no. We got, we got like a, 80 miles to go. And we got 12 miles. So we had to pull over. We start calling people. We start calling the boys, some of the guys we know that had left after, after us. And uh, I'm on the phone with AAA and I got the dumbest human being ever on, you know, on the phone with me. And I'm telling her, you know, what, uh, highway we're on, you know, I don't know, fucking Highway 666, heading to Phoenix from Yuma. And she's like, okay, what color car do you got? And I'm like, ah, I think it's gray. I don't know. You don't know what color your car is? I said, no, I'm in a rental car. And I'd already told her that. So, no, as I said, I'm in a rental car. And uh, what kind is it? Uh, I think it's a Cadillac. You know, I'm sitting there looking around. <laughs> I don't know shit about cars anyway, but much less a rental car. I don't memorize, memorize the, the make and model of every rental car I've ever been in. And now she wants the license tag. And I'm like, ma'am, we are the only car out here. It's two in the morning. We are the yeah. only car out here. We're on the side of the road. I can see the mile marker, whatever, mile marker 121, heading to Phoenix. We're the only fucking car out here. I'm losing it, right? And about that time, DDP gets a hold of Devon, Devon Dudley, who was at a gas station, bought a couple of uh, the gimmicks for us, filled them up, and bought <laughs> them and saved us. So the brother Devon helped save the day. But, um, you know, Paige was, Paige was good, man. I always liked him, still stay in touch with him, uh, you know, and he stays – he'll call me every now and then. And it's real easy in this business like when you leave to just lose touch with your friends. And sometimes it becomes an effort, but it's an effort you need to make, and he makes the effort to stay in touch with his buddies, man. So uh, hats off to him. You know, his his run in WCW when he, he became the world champion, that was a big part of that Monday Night War. 
And man, it, it was exciting. And you you go back and watch some of it on the uh, on the network today for only nine ninety nine. And man, it still holds up. His stuff with Savage holds up. Him in that La Parker gimmick fooled me. Great, I, 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 great. I got such an eye for detail. Very rarely can you put somebody under a mask. Somebody that I've watched for years, and I won't know it's them. You know, I yeah. He did it so well that even when he hit the diamond cutter, I said, damn, La Parker <laughs> did the diamond cutter. I still didn't think it was Paige. I thought La Parker did diamond Paige's shit. And uh that he, was he was a, a good two or three inches. He was a good two or three inches and maybe 20, 30 pounds bigger than La Parker. And I, I was the same way. Yeah, dude. I was like, damn. And I remember just I felt so happy about that because I love getting worked. You know, especially when you're in the business, you know, you get so jaded and you're looking for, you know, the strings and Superman's cape so much that it's hard. It's hard to get work sometimes. And that one worked me really good. He he knows uh, how much I always have put that over. So anyway, thumbs up for Paige on that one. I bet after he gave you that pep talk, you laid your head down on the pillow and you're like, what the hell is this? And there was a signed hardcover copy of Positively Page underneath the pillow. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Now, of course, there are a few names that you came up in the business with. Tootsmont, Ricky Dozon, Farmer Burns, Haystacks Calhoun, Dr. Jerry Graham, June Byers, Betty Grable, Luther Lindsay. I don't really got a lot going on for those. <laughs> They're the legacy inductees. Basically, uh, you know, people who have passed who deserve to be in the Hall of Fame and are getting in. Here's the, the interesting note. Maybe I'm missing something. I don't see a celebrity inductee this year. Why do, why do you think they did that? Seemed like as good a year as any to f- induct fucking Flo Rida. There you go. Uh, they catch a lot of slack for that celebrity in, inductee. Maybe they're just kind of uh, relaxing on it a little bit. There's only so many that they can use, though. Mr. T, Mr. T in there? Yeah, he had that terrible yeah. speech in 2014. Uh, right. Yeah, about his mom or something. That's right. I forgot. I and now I can't confirm this. This is me speculating. I get the feeling maybe they had planned Shaq, and that shit clearly fell through. I think Shaq saw Big Show was in shape and didn't want to didn't want to show up looking like a fat ass compared to what Big Show looked like. Now that could be speculation. Actually, yeah, this, that's exactly what it is. It's just speculation. But uh, <laughs> you know, because uh, we, I think uh, the the rumors was that it was going to happen, and then it was, you it see was supposed these, to happen. You see these pictures of a big show looking amazing. And, you know, I put him over, I guess, on the last podcast or one before enough, so I don't have to rehash it again. But I just saw him on Conan again. Uh, and, and man, he said that there's another there's another run for big show coming up, I think. Yeah, at least there should be. I, I think so, too. I I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves for being able to work at that size, even when he wasn't in great shape. When he was in downright bad shape, he could still work his ass off. So uh, I hope he gets another run because he's – God, that dude got himself in such good shape. Theodore Long. Now let me ask, have you ever been put into a tag team match? Uh, I can't. I can't remember if we ever did a. If I ever did a segment with him at the tag team match, but I. I did do one of the one where he goes tonight. You go one on one with the Undertaker. <laughs> there's this. <laughs> there's a new meme. There's a new meme going going around, and it's of Teddy Long, and it has a selfie. It's him doing a selfie, 
and the, it's a, like a Snapchat caption. It says, send nudes or you go one-on-one with the undertaker. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So I, I, he didn't, he didn't, I sent him some nudes, but uh, he didn't like mine and I had to go one-on-one with the taker, man. And uh, that's how it worked out. That's exactly what that storyline was. But uh, yeah, Teddy's great, man. He did a, one of those guys that somehow managed to stay hired, you know, and, and there's, there's something there and those guys, and I'm not saying that, uh, that he didn't deserve it, but you, you see a lot of guys come and go in the business, you know? So when you got that kind of staying power and that you're always managed to, to be able to do something, then, you know, that says something that says that people see something in you. It wasn't like he was this big political guy that was, you know, backstage kissing ass or anything. Teddy just worked and whatever he did, he made work. And, uh, you know, whether it was being just a referee and I don't remember him being a great referee. I remember that little Jerry curl hanging down, but I remember when he started managing doom, that's when I started to like Teddy long. And I, cause I had, you know, I loved the team of doom and, um, you know, just everything he did in uh in in the WWE WWF was good too, man. Except for when he put me in that match where I had to go one on one with the Undertaker. He would also go on to manage the skyscrapers, uh, Marcus Bagwell and Too Cold Scorpio. Your boy, Marcus Alexander Bagwell. I forgot about that. Uh, and of course, thugging and bugging enterprises. So he went from a ref to a manager to an authority figure, and he lasted real long as an authority figure because on raw every literally every week you would have a different authority figure because that was the gimmick is that um <laughs> is that they had a guest gm and he it was either him or vicky for like forever it seemed like so yeah. good for him man yeah. of course an act that uh probably near and dear to your heart the rock and roll express now i gotta be honest I was getting news tips about this about two months before they announced it, and I was like, ah, Ricky's probably drunk telling people that. Uh, but it's true. They're in, and you couldn't have a more deserving tag team in the in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, one, that one is close to home, man, because, uh, you know, I got pictures of me as a little boy with bandanas wrapped around my legs going to the Dorton Arena in Raleigh, North Carolina, pulling for the Rock and Roll Express. You know, I got – a picture of me as a 15, 16 year old referee with bleach blonde hair uh, in a match referee in the uh, Rock and Roll Express. I got pictures of me in the ring with the Rock and Roll Express. So, uh, yeah, those guys meant a lot, man. They're one of the greatest tag teams of in all of space and time. And um, man, I couldn't be happier for them. Yeah, and I knew the day the day they found out. Uh, Cause Ricky had been talking to me about it. Cause he said he heard some stuff and he would always ask me, did I hear? And I said, nah, I haven't really heard. I'm not in on those conversations, you know, but, uh, um, I'm definitely happy for him, man. Those guys have been around. Uh, they still go out there and work their asses off on these shows. And, you know, I see, I see a lot of TV guys and a lot of TV guys, you know, what's considered TV guys, you know, you had a TV run and now you're doing the Indies or whatever. And, um, they go out there and they kind of half ass it, man, but, Ricky and Robert go out there, and they still – every time I've seen them, you know. I mean, they, they might have half-assed it here and there, and I just didn't see it. But every time I've been on a show with them, they're out there. And pun intended, they're rocking and rolling, and they're busting their ass, man. So I got nothing but respect for those guys. Those guys throughout America probably have 100 different tag team title reigns, like between every indie they've done, the 
the USWA, the NWA, like everywhere, everywhere. And they've stayed together. That's really cool. Ricky Morton going on 40 years, I think, wrestling. That's amazing. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I think Robert Gibson is at 40 years. So that's really awesome. Uh, Of course, we have the – well, first off, Jim Cornette inducting them. Everybody's like, what's he going to say? What's he going to do? I knew about that all too. I like I had to keep that quiet for a while, and that was one of those things that was burning a hole in my ass, you know. Because yeah. uh, I found out, you know, like I said, Ricky found out right away, and he called me right away. To uh, he'd been very thankful for a lot of the things that you know I'd done for him uh, over over the uh, you know the last uh, six seven years since I left WWE, helping you know them in in, in a couple of different ways, and so. Uh, you know, like I said, he called me and he told me about Cornette. And I was like, God, that's going to be awesome. I can't wait to uh, to hear that speech. So very happy for everybody involved in that. So, um, yeah, a lot of people are like, what's he going to say? I, now, I mean, you know, you see Jim Cornette and how out there he is and stuff. He almost runs a gimmick off of hating Vince Russo. But I think he realized that this is Ricky and Robert's night. I mean, that's – he's going to – I think he'll show them – the respect he knows whose night it is, and you know what, yeah. Jim Cornette's going to get his night. They will put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, and this just goes to show you, man. Never say never. You know, uh, talking about this on the uh, Keeping It One Hundred podcast, when they were talking about people still chanting Punk's name and how you know whether fans should do that or, or not, and I go, well, you never know. And one day his ass might walk through that curtain, and so all, and then all these conversations will be mute. Never say never, because a lot of people never thought they would see Jim Cornette back affiliated with the WWE in any capacity. And there he is. And there couldn't be a better choice than somebody who was just married to him at the hip, uh, so to speak, for so many years like Cornette was. So it's going to be cool. You you talk to everybody. There's all the talk about the part-timers and stuff. And sometimes I get frustrated with that. Sometimes I enjoy it. But if CM Punk walked through that door tomorrow at WWE Access – Mm-hmm. and said, I want to face Triple H Sunday. Well, sorry, you got to cancel the Seth Rollins match. That's off now. That's off now. And then then CM Punk and Triple H are going on last, too. That's just how it is. I mean, yeah, that'd be a hot angle. That is a WrestleMania show closer, no title or anything, CM Punk, Look, Triple GSP H. GSP ain't had a fight in years. His ass is walking It'll be four in. years. Getting a title shot in a weight division he don't even fight in. Against the guy who used to fight at 205. What the hell is going on? I love it. I do. I love it. For those clickety clacks on Fightful.com. Oh, yeah. Guys, as always, before we get to the the headliner, you can check out podcasts all weekend long on Fightful.com. We're doing post-NXT TakeOver, post-WrestleMania, of course, post-Raw and SmackDown. Uh, we have our Wednesday show with the eccentric millionaire owner of Fightful.com, Jimmy Van. Son of a bitch bought a life-size Virgil cardboard cutout to put behind him. It's ridiculous. In his bedroom? Kurt, Why is it behind him? In his, in his studio that he had built to do the damn podcast. There you go. Did, did Virgil get any of that money? Did Virgil get any no, of that here's, here's the money? funny thing. Here's the funny thing. I contacted Virgil because I wanted him to do a cameo on the show just to troll Jimmy Van. I'm talking like five seconds. Fuck you, Jimmy Van. You ain't shit. 
Virgil's asking price was ridiculous. I was like, we have nothing to talk about here. I was going to pay the guy. Like just to film a short video? Oh, not to film a short video. To click a link, say, fuck you, Jimmy Van, and hit the X button. Literally 10 seconds. There you go. I could have got one of those celeb VM gimmicks for like a fraction of the price he was asking for. I'll say that much. Kurt Angle, Hall of Fame. Uh, how much did you work with Kurt? I don't no no matches pop out, but I'm sure that you all cross paths at some point. Yeah, yeah, just uh, just once actually, and I mean maybe in a battle royal or something we could have you know uh, locked up there. Did quite a few of those in the WWE, but uh, his match was the match that led to me finally taking off the hurricane mask and uh, with the big a big heel turn. And also the very first time when I did the, uh, and I actually didn't say stand back. I said, excuse me, there's a hurricane coming through. The first time I ever said there's a hurricane coming through was a backstage segment with Kurt. And he was holding his glass of milk and I slapped it out of his hand. And then he suplexed me onto a, in catering a table, you know, full of food and shit. And then hit me with a cookie, cookie sheet right in the head. Um, <laughs> which is why cookie an Olympic wrestler, shoot a superhero, hit him in the head with a cookie sheet. Um, and then in uh, Impact, uh, formerly known as TNA, uh, just agented a couple of his matches, and uh, that was never too difficult, you know. Um, so, uh, man, he's a uh, in the ring. Uh, once that bell started, he's one of the best that's ever done it. So, uh, you know, I don't think there's any argument whether he's deserving or not. You know, if you say he doesn't deserve it, then I don't know who the hell does. Yeah, he he was such a versatile character serious comedic psychotic uh you he was even used as a as an authority figure for a little while like he's just one of those guys that could do everything and seamlessly transition you see aj styles doing that a lot these days he can go from being comedic one week to serious the next week to the next week putting on like an unbelievable match to the next week being a psycho running shane mcmahon's head through the wall i mean they're they're really cool uh and I thought Kurt Angle did that as well as anybody. Yeah, man, that very that multi-dimensional uh, personality is really good and, and gives gives you a lot to work with creatively if you're a writer. You know, if you're just that one-dimensional personality, there's only so much somebody can do with you, so much anybody can do with you. So, uh, yeah, he, he could do it all. And it really helped that he could do it all. I mean, his personality is what got, what got him over, you know, uh, uh, backstage, you know, all that comedy stuff he used to do with Austin, the stuff he used to do with uh, Edge and Christian. Um, and pretty much any 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 scenario you put him in, he, he made work. And it's a strange thing because a lot of the, uh, the the shoot wrestlers, the shoot background, you know, and and I knew a lot of those guys, you know, and I, I can't I kind of came from that background, not to the degree that Kurt did. But, um, you know, a lot of those guys have a, have a problem coming in into pro wrestling, well, at least back in the day, and understanding personality because all they wanted to do was wrestle and nobody could beat me. That's just not what would happen, that sort of shit. Yeah. But Kurt really embraced I think in the beginning, Kurt might have had a little bit of, you know, why wouldn't I just go in there and kill these guys? I'm an Olympic gold medalist, you know. But That's, that's um, what actually, – actually, you mentioned Bruce, Bruce Pritchard's podcast earlier. He mentioned their first conversations. That was the case, and he was like, but we're done here. Sorry, that's not the way it's going to go. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I, I think that's understandable. I think that's a logical mindset to have. You know, you just won a gold medal in heavyweight wrestling. 
that means you're the best wrestler on the planet. That's what that means, you know. So how could you not? How could you not have a, a, a arrogant side to you? No, you know. I mean, if you're Rumble Johnson and you're walking down the street knowing you could beat up 99.9% of the yep. planet, you're going to have a bit of an ego. It's just what's going to happen. But, uh, you know, whatever it was, he got over it. And he just, man, um, when it came to doing business and, you know, just being such a great entertainer and talker, man, he was, that's just as impressive as what he does in, in, in the ring. You know, it's just the, the personality that he exudes. We got a late question coming in before we go. Uh, Graham Williams, who does a lot of our great graphics at Fightful.com, says, please ask Shane about his thoughts on Impact's new links with multiple companies, also the start of the World of Sports series in the UK. Uh, well, I mean, if he, he watches the show, he has to know what I think about it, man, because that's what, something I pushed for since I got the uh, Impact. When, and when I got there and they were asking me about what changes I would do and things I would implement, I was, you know, I was – Big, like, let's work with other companies, you know. Everybody's trying to be the number two. We know who the number one company is. You know, that's not this big secret. We know the WWE's, you know, they're, they're Godzilla, who is an animal uh, in this business. And um, see what I did there? It all comes full circle. Um, You know, and so then when you got number two, three, four, and five trying to fight each other, two, the only person who wins is – is the person that's number one, you know, that just helps them, you know, firmly even more so establish their spot or cement their spot at number one. So why don't these companies work together? You know, I was, and I was hoping we could do that with ring of honor uh, on the, uh, what was the channel destination American we were on there, you know, work with them and kind of do some kind of crossover stuff. And, and so now they're really reaching out to other companies and, it's something I know that, you know, I talked with uh, Jeff Jarrett about it, and he kind of had that same uh, idea, too. He wanted to, to to reach out to other companies and try to repair some of the relationships that, you know, have been damaged with TNA in the past uh, with, with other companies and other areas because there have been some damage done. So um, it's cool, man. You know, I, I want to see a segment. I'm I'm still dreaming of a segment like, you know, a sports center type news flash segment that pops up and it's whoever it is, you know, it's Borash or Josh Matthews in some kind of Don West type energy talking about, you're not going to believe what happened at pro wrestling gorilla this past weekend. Joey Ryan, you know, used his penis and beat 300 people. And then the past, you know, the week before that in Noah, this happened. And did you see what happened at Lucha crash in Tijuana? And just talk about different things real quick, you know, just to show that there is a world, a whole wide world of pro wrestling out there. And we don't have to be limited to just pushing the one company we work for, you know. Uh, and there's a lot of, you know, and I've been pushing that idea and pushing that idea. And there's been a lot of people taking credit for my ideas. You motherfuckers, I know who you are. But I'm a big fan of, of, of how this is progressing. You should use Betty Sue, uh, Betty Sue Fuentes for that segment. I'm a Betty Sue fan. Do you even know who that is? No clue. She's the she's the girl you gave the once over in the deletion gimmick. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that girl. I've always liked her. She's gonna go for it. Great me. girl. Awesome. Tell the people where they can follow you on the social media. I make it really difficult for people. At Shane Helms Com. The exact same name on everything. Why would I do that? Why would I make it so hard for you? And that's because my website is shanehelms.com. You can catch me here, Fightful Online, Keeping It 100, which drops some days. I'm not even sure. I think it's Thursdays. Um, 
And Thursday night, 8 p.m. on Pop TV, Impact Wrestling. We've got a pretty good storyline centering around that X Division title coming up. So, uh, you know, it's really weird. Impact put out this graphic talking about who runs the X Division. I didn't know that there was any debate who runs that shit. I run that center shit. on it. There you, you go. You were highlighted pretty heavily on the damn thing. Yes, sir. Absolutely, guys. Check that out. I've been uh, digging Impact at least after that first transitional episode. <laughs> Other yeah, than yeah, that, yeah. I thought it was pretty damn awesome. Yeah, did you enjoy the uh, – it, it had a little bit of controversy, but did you enjoy the Earl Hebner segment with uh, Rebel and ODB last week? Very rarely do I enjoy anything with Rebel and Earl Hebner in it, but I did, actually. I'm a big fan of ODB. Yeah, that was uh, that's one of those matches, you know, talked about it that uh, I was like, people either love it or hate it. You know, if you're a wrestling yes. purist and you want to see some tackle drop down and get it again, you might not like that match. But if you like just pure entertainment and seeing people laughing and, and having a good time, then that was the match for you. I so like variety in my wrestling show, man. Like I, I've always said it's, it's a variety show come to life. If everything's the same, then what's what's the point, dude? Like, I mean, yeah. Uh, guys, of course, we got podcasts all weekend long. You can find our schedule on my Twitter, uh, at Sean Ross Sapp. It's not that fake shit that came up the other day. Uh, but, yeah, I got that nice little blue check mark because I'm super important. Anything else to tell the people before we go, Shane? I, I see you shaking your head at that one. Hey, man, you got the blue check. You know, that used to mean we, got paid, we got paid in Canadian money. We, that's what the blue check used to mean in WWE terms. Because we'd always well, – I mean, the Canadian checks would come and they would be blue and we would always get fucked on the Canadian checks because of the conversion. Oh It'd yeah. It'd say one thing, but we actually got another. And so uh, those blue checks were never good news, but now well, they're good hey, news. Yeah. We get paid. You get paid by Canadians like everywhere now. Fightful impact. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I never really like when I work with, uh, when I work in Canada now I go up there, they all pay me in American. So. Sure. I've got some Canadian. It makes it easy for me because I don't like having to make that money exchange. Not that it's difficult, but yeah. it takes it takes 45 seconds out of my otherwise busy day. I used to get paid by British people, and that was good because they would – I can't remember what the amount was, but the exchange rate was positive for me. It was like a couple of years oh, yeah. ago when I, I was at What Culture, and yeah, oh, yeah, I loved it. I was like, hell yeah, because I, yeah, I thought pounds. I had agreed – Yeah, I thought I had agreed on like – Five hundred dollars a week, but I guess I agreed on five hundred pounds a week, and I was like, "Hell yeah, man! Yeah, I'll do that." The the euro was pretty much the same all the time. You know, uh-huh. it kind of danced up a little bit, a little bit up, a little bit down, but that pound was always pretty heavy. So, pun intended. So yeah, we used to enjoy it in pounds. Guys, Fightful.com, it's the place to be. All your WrestleMania weekend activities. We got live discussions for every damn show. We're opening up that WrestleMania discussion at noon Sunday. Of course, subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Leave us a thumbs up. We're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.